Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Okay. Woo! Let's go. All right. Key scripture. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Let's jump into the word this morning. I'm going to share two verses with you. I'll pray, and then uh, we'll, we'll kick this thing off. But Ephesians 4. We just got out of a whole series going through Ephesians verse by verse, and it was incredible. Um, and maybe you guys will remember this as I read it, but it says this, Ephesians 4, verse 14 through 16. It says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We'll no longer be immature. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Instead, we're going to speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Man, it's so important that we, as individuals, commit to our own spiritual maturing, our own spiritual growth, that we would allow God to refine us in who he's called us to be. And as we do that as individuals, what will happen in this church collectively will be really special, right? But we gotta, we we all have this uh, responsibility, right? This this spiritual responsibility to mature and grow into who God has called us to be. We we don't wanna stay, you, you know, we all know you don't choose if you if you age physically. That's happening to all of us. But not all of us. I wish spiritual growth was like that, but spiritual growth doesn't just, just, just happen, right? And, and there is a calling in the scriptures for us to not be immature like children, right? In, in the spirit. And the truth is you can be in church for 30 years, but if all you do is go to church on Sunday, come on, you can, be a, you can still be a one-year-old Christian even though you've, been, you've just been a one-year-old Christian for 30 years. Come on, there has been a calling, there's a calling on believers to, to commit to growth, right? So I, wanna, I wanna read this verse here too. It's out of Colossians 2.6. Um, and, and really, the, both letters were written by Paul, Ephesians and Colossians, and they were written to s- similar crowds. So they, they're, when you go through both of those letters, they're really similar. But he writes this in Colossians 2, verses six through seven. It says, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Church, are, are we Jesus followers? Are we Jesus followers? Do we follow Jesus? You must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him and then your faith, then your faith will grow strong. There's real growth that can happen with our faith, right? Right? But, it, but it's gonna come when we find ourselves rooted in Jesus, as we become rooted in Jesus, as every part of our life revolves around him, our faith is gonna grow and our faith can grow strong. I want every believer in the room, I want my own faith to grow strong. Do you want your faith to grow strong? Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Come on, I'm excited to preach this morning. Let's pray. Jesus, I, I pray right now for an anointing And I pray that you would prepare the hearts of your people as they listen to this uh, message, God. Would you till the soil of our heart? Would it be good soil so as the seed of your word goes forth, it take root, it grow to produce fruit in our lives. We don't just want to be hearers of your word, 
We wanna be doers of your word. God, if we just come in here every week and we just listen, we just take in information, but we never apply it, your word says we're deceiving ourselves. We don't wanna be fooled. God, we, we wanna be Jesus followers, authentic Jesus followers who make a real difference, who carry the light of the world everywhere we go. God, I, I pray that people would see something different in us and, and that curiosity would even pique conversations about you because it'd be your glory at, at work within us. We love you, we praise you. It's in your holy name we ask, amen. I wanna be honest with you. Every time I'm, I'm driving around and I'm behind a car, uh, that says 26.2 on the back, you know, the little oval sticker. And, you know, obviously that means that someone just did a marathon. I'm thoroughly impressed. Anybody else? Like, the fact that somebody could run that long. I, I think our CrossFit gym in town just did a, y'all just rode a marathon. We got our owners in the room back here, and I'm thinking, a bunch of people just rode a marathon. I don't know why, <laughs> but they did, nonetheless. Pastor Josh was part of it, and a couple others in the room. <clears throat> But, I, but I'm impressed, it's impressive to me that someone can run for 26.2 miles. And that's what it stands for, 26.2 miles. A couple years back, I wasn't in great shape, uh, was in one of the more unhealthy seasons of my life. And I remember I was working out with my friend at a football field, Kickapoo High School in Springfield. So we're doing this workout on the field and then we, and then we run a lap. I think we like started the workout with a lap and then we're going to finish with one lap. So you know that four of the laps around the track makes one mile. Okay. One lap is 400. So we run the 400 and I get done. I'm huffing and puffing. I can't even breathe. He goes, one more. We got to run one more. I'm like, okay. You know, I can hardly breathe. I literally run one more lap. I get done and puke, okay? This is half a mile. There's people running 26 <laughs> miles, okay? Like, I can't even get there. I can run a mile now, but it's, it's still ugly and it hurts and, and, it's, and it's bad. But Now, between all of us, I, I think the reason that 26.2 is so impressive to me is not just the fact that someone ran the marathon and, and they finished it, but think about all the work that goes into running that marathon, the meals they got to eat, the extra miles they got to put in. They, you know, start day one with two miles and then you run three miles and then you run four and day after day you're running and you're training and that 26.2, something that you put on the back of your car is, it's hard earned. It's like, and you deserve me being impressed. That's an incredible accomplishment that you did. You earned that sticker, that, that 26.2. Now, between you and I, and maybe you've had the same thought, it would be just as easy, though, for me to take that 26.2 sticker and impress all my friends and say, yeah, I ran a marathon, you know? I got the sticker on my car when I really didn't, when I didn't put in the grind. When I didn't make the sacrifice, when I didn't run the extra miles, you or me, we could easily slap a sticker on the back of our car and say, yeah, yeah, we ran, yeah, I'm a marathon runner. I'm a marathon runner. I got the sticker. And, and I think, you know, when you know the reality is you're not a marathon runner. I'm not a marathon runner. And, you know, I think in what 2020 did as a year for us as believers, I think it revealed that the church is full of people who slap stickers on their car that say, I'm a Jesus follower. When the reality is you're not a Jesus follower, you just like church. And, and I know that sounds harsh and, and it's coming off abrasive and it's like, whoa, this is 2021, Pastor Mark, let's be, let's be encouraging. 
But honestly, you know, as the shepherd of this house, more than anything, I deeply, deeply, deeply desire to cultivate and lead a body of believers that is passionate about following Jesus. And when it's inconvenient to not, or when we have every excuse to not, we still do. Because it's in the fabric of who we are. It's a decision we made and a decision that we're committed to. I don't believe church has to be religiously traditional and the guy reading the Bible has to wear a white robe with gold tassels and we all have to recite a prayer together for church to count. I don't believe that's what church has to, I, I think church can be enjoyed. It doesn't have to be endured. But I will say that following Jesus does take endurance. That is something where you're gonna have to endure. And maybe we don't talk about that enough as a church. Maybe we say, oh yeah, it's all good and it'll be awesome and, and, and your life will change. But really to, to follow Jesus, to really be a Jesus follower means to live a life that looks different, that looks countercultural to the world that you and I walk around in every single day. You know, in, in a world that screams, come on, be whoever you wanna be. The scriptures say, be like Jesus. In, in a world that's taken the sacredness of sexuality and all that encompasses and used it you know, for cheap entertainment and deduced its value, the scriptures say, live pure lives. Guard your eyes. Save your bodies for your spouse. This is, this is what the scriptures say. In a world that continuously entices us to run with the crowd, to bow like everybody else, the scriptures say, stand up, right? Sanctified life. Set apart as holy. What we have to understand is there's a tension in following Jesus. There, there's a tension. You know, when I follow Jesus wholeheartedly while, while still being a part of this world, it, there's gonna be a, a tension. And, and what I mean by that is, is there's this tension of I wanna belong, I wanna fit in, I want friends. I don't want to make people uncomfortable. I want to be part of the peers. But I know if I'm wholeheartedly following Jesus, if I'm seeking Jesus, I'm going to be confronted with many moments where I have to choose them or Jesus. And here's the tension. What are we? Do we follow the crowd or are we Jesus followers? Right? And, that, and that's what we have to decide. And sometimes and it's little things. Little things. I, I, I think sometimes something as simple as gossip. Conversation where we're talking about somebody else and it's, it's really easy to lean into it, to take part. It's an easy way for you and I to connect. Yeah, I can't believe they did that. Yeah, I know they're so stupid. Yeah, ah, don't you? And, and we can connect and we can see eye to eye on that and it brings us together. But it, it, it's easy to, to lean into it. It's easy to be a part of it. But it's difficult to stand in that conversation, to look at that person and say, hey, I don't think it's super fruitful that we talk about this person when they're not here. That's uncomfortable. That, that, that's, that doesn't, that's not me fitting in, right? That, that's not me. Another simple example is sitting in the living room, right, full of friends, and we watch some of the New Year shows, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is, what's, what's going on in the world, you know? You're sitting in a room full of friends, got the New Year's Eve, show on or Super Bowl halftime show and you're sitting with, with a group full of friends and 
you know, everybody, kind, you know, you kind of want to watch it, and you're there to watch it, and you're there to hang out, but something provocative comes up on the screen, and you're all sitting there, and, and you know, what we'll do is we'll, ah, oh, oh, you know, we giggle, kind of that nervous laugh, and you sort of look away, and throw out a couple, wows, wow. It's hard to say, hey, we should probably change that. But this is what it looks like to follow Jesus. Now, I know some of those things are little, but the thing is there's little things that fill our lives, right? These little things are happening all the time. And I, and I bring this up because I think oftentimes our lives can become consumed with these little, these small decisions that sometimes we're not always making the right decision. We're like, oh, it's just a little thing. Yeah, it's just small. Eh, it's not a big deal. But when I read the scriptures, I'm convinced that to authentically follow Jesus, to really be a Jesus follower, right? It's much more than just worshiping Jesus on a Sunday morning. It's a lot more than that. And I think we worship Jesus. For us to live a life as a Jesus follower, it's even in those little decisions like that where we choose to honor him and we choose to worship him. I think when you make the decision to wholeheartedly follow Jesus, you're simultaneously volunteering yourself to live a life of transformation. My life is gonna look different than the world. My life is not gonna look like it always looked. It, it's about learning and allowing the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to lead you in a life of worship, to lead even, even the smallest details, right? Where, where my eyes go, the conversations I have, what I say, what I think, what I do, right? And I, and I want to cultivate a body of believers that lives spirit-led lives. I want to cultivate a group of people, and I can confidently say, we can confidently proclaim we are Jesus followers. You don't believe me? Spend a week with me. You'll see it. When you make the decision to wholeheartedly follow Jesus, you're simultaneously volunteering yourself for a life of transformation. And I want to remind you guys, old believer, new believer, non-believer in the room, whoever, whoever we got in the room, I want to read this verse out of 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2 verses 1 through 3, it says this, get rid of all evil behavior, all of it. Get rid of all of it. Be done with all, somebody say all, all. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, all unkind speech. You know, some of us, uh, I, was going through, I was going through this study, right? It was talking about words. And like, sometimes my wife, I love my wife so much, but something she is often can do, she, you know, <laughs> she's, I'm trying to be encouraging here to, to prove my part, but when she eats, she like spills everything she eats. You know, she just does. She just, she really struggles to keep it all on the plate. God bless her. She has her gifts. Being a clean eater, clean eater is not necessarily one of them. And like, so, but this is, you know, there's other things where Abigail like can trip on stuff and hit herself on stuff all the time. And all that to say, I'll call Abigail Klutz McGee, okay? Because she can be klutzy sometimes. So I, I say all that to say I'm going through this study on the power of our words and it's like asking reflective questions like, you know, um, what, what are things that have been spoken over you? And then ask you, what are things you've spoken over others? And the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, you need to stop calling your wife Klutz McGee. 
because, because I'm speaking that over her, right? So even that, to, to speak death, like these are the, the small evils that we need to rid ourselves of so we can mature in the Lord. Let me finish the verse here. It says, so, so be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. It is not kind to call your wife Klutz McGee. Just throwing that out there. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk. Why? Why do we need to rid ourselves of all the blatant evil in our lives? And why do we need to crave pure spiritual milk, the good things of God in its pureness? Why do we need to do that? He writes, he tells us, so you will grow into a full experience of your salvation. I don't want to lead a church where we're living in the 10% of our salvation. I want us to live in the fullness of our salvation. Amen? Like, I don't think all of us have a, a realistic expectation for all that God actually wants to do in us and through us. And I think that's so many, I'm not, you know, not trying to like speak death over us, I, but I want to encourage you that God has more for you. God has so much more for us. I really believe that. And as I read this verse, every once in a while, I'll read a verse and it just like, it's like, I'll never forget it. I'll just, man, it just impacted me. It's like, what's the thing you hit with the cows and brand? It's like branded in my brain, right? <laughs> Y'all know I'm country. <laughs> but like full experience of your salvation, just branded, branded in my mind. But that's what I want for this room I want a room full of believers who are living in the fullness of their salvation, yeah. right? Come on, that's good. And then it says, cry out for this nourishment so that you'll have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. This verse challenged me, do this so that you'll grow into the full experience of your salvation. How many of us are missing out on a fuller experience of our salvation because we wanna entertain the small evil behavior and desires that we have? We're unwilling to lay down the evil behavior and the evil desires that we have. I, I mean, really simply put, if you want to mature spiritually, it's like, then you need to live in the things God has for you. And there's good and there's evil. We need to rid ourselves of evil. As we rid ourselves of evil, as we focus on Jesus and fall more in love with Jesus, then we're going to mature spiritually, right? A huge part of this maturity process is ridding ourselves of evil. How many of us are willing to keep missing out on a fuller experience of our salvation because we don't want to live a life of Jesus worship? We just want to worship Jesus on Sundays. There, there was a study done from uh, 2020, and it revealed 22% of Christians uh, stopped attending church entirely, totally, totally walked away from, from any platform, from online, being a part of any body. And, and I think that the reason that happened is because we had churches full of people who weren't rooted. You know, we had a church full of people who weren't living in the fullness of their salvation. That, that full experience of their salvation, it was just like, you know, I think about the parable of, of the seed that's thrown out that falls on the different, uh, on the different soils, right? And it's like, I, I just think that some of us, you know, I don't know, it's like things got hard and, you know, the winds and waves came, the trials of life came, and I'm done with it. I mean, but, and for me, I just, I just have this desire. I want us as a church 
as believers, as individuals, to live in the fullness of our salvation. Now, I don't think the lack of church attendance or lack of involvement is the root, but I do think it's a fruit of the fact that Jesus wasn't the priority for so many. And I'm not responsible for other flocks, but I'm held accountable for the sheep of this house. Uh, I've been appointed to care and attend to this flock, to shepherd this flock. And again, it's, it's my desire that DCM would develop into an army of believers who are committed to living spirit-led lives that revolve around Jesus. I, I want believers in DCM, yeah. I want believers in DCM to love each other deeply, to aggressively commit to our spiritual disciplines, and to pursue Jesus with more fervor than we have any other year. And, and ultimately, I want every single believer who calls DCM home specifically to be committed to growing and maturing spiritually. I think it's vital. I read these verses at the beginning, but I want to read them again. Colossians 2, 6 through 7, it says this. And now, just as you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Are you a Jesus follower? Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you'll overflow with thankfulness. You know, I want us to even reflect, what, what, is it, what does that look like? Like, you must continue to follow him, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. If we were to build our lives on Jesus, what parts of our life would look different? Like, have we really built our life on Jesus? Does Jesus determine the, the, the decisions, major decisions that we make in our life? Does Jesus determine the way that we treat our spouse and treat our friends? Does Jesus determine the way we parent our kids? Does Jesus determine my integrity level at work? Does, does Jesus determine the way I, I treat somebody I don't know? Like, does, is my life built on Jesus? Are our lives built on Jesus? Does your love for Jesus determine the way you live, the way you think, and the way you act? Does your devotion to Christ lead the decisions you make for yourselves? And then Ephesians, it talks about maturing in the Lord as well. Ephesians 4, I read this at the beginning. I want to read it again, though. It says, then we will no longer be immature like children. Come on, somebody say grow up. Come on, we will no longer be like immature children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Instead, we're gonna speak the truth in love, growing in every way to be more and more like Christ. Growing in every way to be more and more like Christ growing in every way to be more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work, helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. There's this continual theme throughout the New Testament. And just to be really blunt, make it really simple, just to make sure nobody, nobody misses it, it's this, grow up. It's really what it is. And again, like I said, Physically, that's going to happen to all of us. We're all going to grow up. You can't stop it. We're all aging. But there's this calling to grow up spiritually. We can't be satisfied and content to stay where we are, right? 
The Christian life is ultimately a call to a life full of growth, growing to become more and more like Jesus. And as we submit ourselves to God, there's a transformation that takes place in the fiber of who we are, right? Remember, when you make the decision to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, you simultaneously volunteer yourself for a life of transformation. So as many of you know, every year we, we kick off with a new theme uh, or, or we kick off the year with like a new phrase or a new word that we're going to kind of rally behind, uh, you know, and we, and we put time and thought and prayer into what's, what's the vision we have for our church and, and, and what, God, what do we want you to do in us this year specifically? And, you know, what is that? Trying to be sensitive to that. And we based this year's word out of Romans, a familiar verse, Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. And it says this, it, it kind of encompasses everything we've been talking about. Y'all good? Y'all with me? Yeah. Okay. So, so it says this, Romans 12, 1 through 2, re- really strong verse. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. You know, in, in our rally this morning, I, I read John three sixteen, and I don't think we can ever hear that verse enough. You know, and I say this often, but Colossians tells us all things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. And God sent his only son to die for us, right? Because our destination was hell. We were unfit for the standard of heaven. And Jesus came, traded place with us, took us out of darkness and placed us in light. And here we are, our eternity has been changed. Our life on earth has been changed. Come on, he's, I mean, that's why, that's why we, that, I mean, this is, that in it, 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 its essence is why you guys come here every week. That's why we gather to, to praise him. Right? That, that's, why we, that's why we devote our lives to him because of everything he's done for us. And I love how Romans says, but like, don't forget why we're even having this conversation in the first place because God's been good to us. God, God's made a way, right? God has given us what we didn't deserve, right? So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of what he's done for you. He gave his body for you, so give your body to him. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he'll find acceptable. What, what does it look like, believer, to, to live a life of sacrifice, to give my body as a sacrifice? This is the way we truly worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform. Everyone say transform. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, and then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So our theme for 2021 is just this simple word, transform. And in 2021, we're going to believe, we're going to believe God. And in 2021, we're going to believe God to transform us. And really what, what, what I want to see happening in us as believers is we step into a fuller experience of our salvation. Like I, I think God has special things planned for you, special giftings for you to step into. God, ha- God has... God has more for you than, than I think we may even acknowledge. And that word transform, it means to make a thorough or dramatic change in the form, appearance, or character of. In the original Greek, that word transform was metamorpharo, okay? Yeah, I know Greek. No, I just pretend to. And, and, and literally what that means is to change into another form. When Jesus goes to the top of the mountain and he, and he brings a couple of his disciples with him, he's transfigured, right? The glory scene, and he meets with, I, I think it's Elijah and Moses uh, on top of the mountain, and, he, and he's transfigured, right? Just this bright light in the glory, and that's that word, he's transformed, right? 
And, and when we follow Jesus, right, we become a new creation. He, we change into a new form. And, and that's what I, I want us to step into. I want us to become the thing God destined us to be, created us to be. He, he took away the old and he wants us to live into the new. In, in 2021, we're committing as a body to experience more of the fullness of our salvation. We're committing to revolve uh, even the smallest details of our lives around Jesus. In 2021, we're gonna be Jesus followers and transformation's gonna take place in us, amen? So we're gonna kick off, Kim, you can jump on the keys if you wouldn't mind. Uh, we're, we're, we're gonna kick off 2021 next Sunday by starting a fast as an entire church. And this isn't, you know, uncommon. We do this every single year. And, um, you know, during the fast, we're gonna do some special things. And we'll have more details on all of this next week as, as we kind of kick it off and launch it off. But maybe be praying about what you wanna fast and what you wanna give up. Um, and then on um, January 13th, January 20th and 27th, normally we'd have youth services here at the church. But we're gonna come hang out with our youth and we're gonna have some prayer services on those nights. Come on, y'all wanna come have a prayer service? Right, you'll hear uh, uh, Pastor Duel preach. I'll do a little preaching on those Wednesdays and we're gonna, we're gonna come together and as we're praying and we're fasting over those 21 days, we're gonna seek God and we're gonna dive deeper into why do we fast and why are we praying and what are you praying for? But I think a lot of times we say, hey church, we're gonna fast for 21 days and then we, and then we walk away and everybody's like, oh, okay. Why do we do that? <laughs> Why do we fast? So I want to talk a little bit about the power of fasting because I have confidence in the fact that fasting will transform your life. It'll be catalytic to transformation in your life. We see fasting as a spiritual discipline both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And remember, we're desiring to not just be transformed into a better person, just to be transformed and, you know, we want to be transformed into the image of, of Christ. We want to be more like Jesus. Guess what? Jesus fasted. Okay, so if we're going to be like Jesus, maybe we should do the things that Jesus did. Amen? So, so really quick, let's, uh, if you're unfamiliar with biblical fasting and, you know, the act of ref refraining from food for a specific purpose, let's talk through. I have four quick reasons why it's wise for a believer to fast. Number one is this, to simply worship God. Okay, Luke 2 tells us a story of an 84-year-old prophetess named Anna. Verse 37 says, She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Anna was devoted to God, and fasting was her expression of her love for God. Okay? I'm, I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to deny myself something to, to make myself more available for you. It's worship. Is that okay? Number two to seek deliverance or protection. We fast to seek deliverance or protection. Ezra declared a corporate fast and prayed for a safe journey for the Israelites as they made nine, a 900-mile trek to Jerusalem from Babylon, okay? Number three, to, to gain victory. When we fast, come on, the, the Lord, it, 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 it contributes to victory for us. We see it after losing 40,000 men in battle in two days. The Israelites, they cried out to God for help. In Judges 20, 26, it says, all the people went up to Bethel. They sat weeping before the, before the Lord. And then it says they also fasted that day until evening. And the next day, the Lord gave them victory over the Benjamites. Okay, and then number four, and this is one of the reasons I love to fast. Abigail and I, we've done quite a bit of fasting in, in our own lives, and a lot of times 
what will motivate that fasting is like, God, we need clarity. We, we want to know your will. Like, where, where are you calling us to go? What are you, what are you calling us to do? And, and here's the deal. I think, I think culturally, a lot of us, we look at this new year as an opportunity for a fresh start. You know, whether it really is or it's not, it's, I mean, his mercies are new every day, but for some of us, maybe, maybe we have some dreams, like, God, what do you want to do in me in 2021? Maybe, maybe we need clarity on that. So in Acts 13, 2, we see something really special happens. It says this one day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, it says the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I've called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. It's almost as if their fasting and their prayer created this atmosphere where the voice of the Holy Spirit had a greater clarity. And that's what I want to happen in us. Like, God, God, we want to worship you. We want your protection. We want you to lead us. But we want clarity on your will for our life. And ultimately, we want you to transform us. What needs to happen in me? What do I need to pick up? What do I need to put down to experience the fullness of your transformation? As we pray and fast, I believe God's going to reveal these things to you. He's going to strengthen your spirit as you deny your own flesh, as you desire, your, uh, as you deny yourself, right? And, and you put yourself in a position to more clearly hear from God. So next Sunday, let's be prepared to fast. And while we're fasting, we'll specifically ask God to transform us, to transform us, okay? Remember, Romans 12, I'll, I'll close with this. You guys can stand. Romans 12, one through two, it says this. And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he'll find acceptable. This is truly the way we worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, and then you'll learn and know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. What greater way to be a living and holy sacrifice than to deny ourselves the thing that, you know, really sustains life, to give that up and say, God, I'm, I'm going to rely on you to sustain me, right? So we'll, we'll talk through some of that. Man, I, I believe 2021 is, is going to be a special year. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.